Hi, I'm Leanne Kim, and this is the Business of Thinking Big, the podcast where we talk all things business mindset, strategy, and hustle. So, if you're looking to grow your revenue, serve more dream clients, and create amazing new possibilities, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Business of Thinking Big. As always, I'm your host, Leanne Kim, and I am so excited for you to meet my guest today. She is a former A player of mine, and she is the founder of Support Panda. Her name is Caitlin Sandor Kerr, and today we're going to have a conversation all about developing a healthy company culture. Caitlin, hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so oh my excited. gosh. I'm so excited to have you. This is a conversation that we have been talking about having for probably about a year now, right? It's been a year since we started working together, I think. Yeah. 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 Wow. And it's I'm like so- fangirling a little bit. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so it's so great when I get to have former A players on because you've built something very powerful and you've done it in a pretty short amount of time. So I'm excited for them to hear a little bit about your story as well as learning all about this culture side of things, which I think yeah. is just a conversation we need to be having. So let's dive in. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell everyone who you are and what your mission is. Amazing. So my name is Caitlin Sandor Kerr. I am a founder of Support Panda. We are a small HR consultancy. And our goal is to support companies who want to provide an exceptional employment experience. So I like to work with leaders that lead with empathy and value just the human experience in general. So that's me and my company. I love that. I love that so much. I think it's very important in this day and age that we all think about the human element of our businesses, even if we're just about to hire our first virtual assistant. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, they're talking team. I don't have a team. This is not for me. I'm going to say press pause. Hold on. Because even if you're just thinking about those first few hires, as you're going to, as you're going to hear in a minute, Culture is so critically important. You want to attract great people and you want to keep great people, but there's a lot to know. This really falls under the leadership category, which frankly, I don't think, I don't think people like myself are talking enough about Mm. those of us that have platforms, podcasts. We're not talking enough about leadership and leadership is so much more than just hiring, firing, delegating, isn't it, Caitlin? Yeah. And I mean, I would add to what you just said and and say, even if you're not in the realm of ready to hire anybody, a company of one, just for yourself, having decided the experience you want to have is really important. There's a reason that you're an entrepreneur. And, you know, a lot of us didn't want the culture we were in, in a corporate environment. And that's one of what, that was one of the push for people to start their own thing. And I think, you know, It's really important to be intentional, really important. And I would love to hear, speaking of, you know, for many of us as corporate past and where we came from, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey. How did you decide this was the area for you is what I want to know. 
Yeah. So I wanted to be, I wanted to do human resources for the longest time. So I did, you know, a take your kid to work day when I was in grade nine or, or whatever with my cousin who was an HR consultant. And I just thought it was the coolest job. We got to go to go to like two or three different offices. She had a Corvette. It was really cool. That's what I'm going to do. I want a big cousin like that. I know. She was amazing. So I, you know, started my career, really loved it, had a lot of really great experience, really multifaceted, got to touch everything. And then I realized, you know, I, you know, after 10 or so years in the industry, I recognized there was a real disconnect between what I thought we should be doing and what was the kind of base level traditional standard in human resources. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of people have had an experience with an individual from a human resources department that, and they walked away either not feeling good or not really understanding why what happened happened. It could be maybe somebody got let go or it could be you got performance feedback that didn't make sense or it could be you didn't get the raise you thought you deserved. And I agreed with a lot of those people. And so I found that, you know, there's just got to be another way. And I had been consulting on the side. I had one client who really thought about HR from the lens of, the human experience. And I was like, this is it. This is what I need to do. And I just want to work for these companies. And they're so small, they don't really need a full-time person. So consulting worked out amazingly. So I, you know, I decided to step away from the corporate sphere and I had had my three kids. So I was finally ready to really just invest in myself. And I did so by joining A Players, which we can talk about forever if you want. Phenomenal <laughs> experience and just set me on this path to really connecting with the right clients, the right entrepreneurs for me to impact. So it's been a really rewarding experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely circle back. You know, I could talk about A players all day long. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I find that really interesting because so many of us end up in the work that we do as entrepreneurs as a result of something that happened in our past. And quite often it's, and we talked about this, like, Quite often when we start to develop company culture and we're building our own teams, a big driving factor is, you know, oh, I don't want anyone to experience what I experienced, right? Oftentimes we're kind of running away from those past experiences. But what I think is really powerful is even those difficult moments, even those moments where, you know, you realize this is not what I want, it helps take us to what we do want. So I love that that's part of your story too. And I think we should just start with what is company culture and why is it so important for us to be thinking about? It's such a buzz. It's been a buzzword for, you know, 15 years or so, but the last three or four years, just probably, you know, a couple of years prior to the pandemic and during the pandemic. And now it's one of the most important things for companies, small, large, mid-sized to be thinking about. I define company culture as the experience, the the employment experience that you get and what employees can expect, the the expectations that they can have on a base level. So, you know, they're, they're usually split out into a mission of vision and values. So a mission is going to tell you what the company wants to do, right? A vision is going to tell you where the company wants to go, maybe a future problem or a goal that they want to get to. And then you have your values. And the values, I think, as the most important piece is clear, understood, generally understood expectations and priorities that a group kind of agree upon. So really, it solves a lot of problems in the sense that everyone knows the priorities, because we have set out clear guidelines of what we want out of our daily interactions. And I think, you know, a lot of companies do it well. 
And a lot of companies do it really, really poorly. You know, company culture isn't, we have a foosball table in the lunchroom. Um, (laughs) No, that's not company culture. Company culture is if you feel unsafe, do you have more than one person you can talk to you about it? If you have a problem with your manager, do you have a number of different ways to address it in a way you feel comfortable and safe doing? Company culture is, I have 15 things on my list to do. Do I know exactly what my manager's expectation is based on what our goals are and what our values are internally? That's kind of... That's what a company culture can do for you and really clearly defined company values. Oh, that's a great way of describing it. And it is, it is a kind of a complex subject for us to wrap our heads around, especially those of us that maybe didn't have great culture experiences in past jobs. I know that that was certainly the case for me. I've, mm-hmm. I've had lots of companies that I've worked for that think they have this like hip, you know, fun, inclusive company culture, and yet I didn't feel included. And and so I think this is really about creating a sense of creating a strong team really does require this doing this work, right? And and again, many of us as entrepreneurs, we're kind of creating it by default. Yeah, we're not actually being intentional about it. What's coming up is like, oh my God, my business is growing. This is a great problem to have. I need to hire people. Mm-hmm. But I have not thought a lot about my culture that I'm creating. I just need the work done. And so we hire a VA or we hire a podcast editor or we hire, you know, these people that we think an accountant that we think can help. And then we delegate, right? We, we toss this work on their plate. And so what I think is happening is there's almost this entrepreneurial panic that sets in. I don't know. Maybe you can speak to this. This is probably something that you can relate to. I find that this really happens when women realize that their business is successful. Like we've gotten out, we've gotten out of the place where, oh, I'm not going to make it. We know we're going to make it. We're maybe at the six figure mark, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, but we, we are on that path and we realize that in order to scale, we need it. We need a team. Yeah. And then there's this, oh my gosh, like what am I doing that sets yeah. it? So do you have, have you had that sort of experience? Yeah, I, my favorite time to, you know, help a company is when it's a company of one person, because it's so important to go through that process with intention and, you know, really think long and hard about the experience you want to set up prior to reaching out and getting somebody on board and start giving them work. And I think the difference between some of the experiences that you and I might have had in the corporate world is you know, a lot of times large companies, the way that their corporate values are decided is four or five people around a boardroom table saying, Mm -hmm. you know, what are the important buzzwords? What do our clients want to hear that we do? What is important from a outside visual branding standpoint? But that's not culture. Their culture already exists, right? Mm -hmm. It's, It's a matter of discovering what is already in place and reinforcing the things that are working, right? You can't really change a ton of it unless you want to do it really, really over time, which you can do with intention. But I think what's amazing about a company of one person is that's really the only time you can do that. You can do it. If if you're a one individual entrepreneur, you can sit down and say, this is what's important. These are my values. And when I hire people, I want this to be the understood expectation. And I want to attract people that resonate with these values. It's solving future problems, right? It's solving so many unnecessary time-wasting conversations when you can start on the right foot with a really clear alignment. 
I love this so much because I love how you say it's solving future problems. Oh, yes. And this is what I mean. We don't so often when we grow fast and it's all happening, we don't even realize we're going to have these problems one day. And, wow. and many of the women I coach will tell me in their first session, I don't want a team, Leanne. I just, I, I just want it to be me. And I'm sure you've heard people say this as well. Like we're happy with five, you know, and, and they don't, they, why do you think people do that? First of all, I think this is a kind of a curious question. Why are people putting limits on themselves? Is it a fear of something? Yeah, I think it's overwhelming. I think at the, at a certain, at certain points, you have to do more and different. And I think at any point when you're an entrepreneur already have 10 hats on, right? Mm. You're already managing so much and it can be really difficult to let go. It can be really difficult to, to delegate and kind of give some impact and control to other people. And so the more people you have, the less control you have. And, and I see that as companies grow from usually you know, your first hire, that's a big one, more than about five or six, because then you kind of need somebody else to do some of management. You have somebody else managing your team now. And then when you get to about 20, when you have a management team, right? Those are kind of big, big steps for entrepreneurs. And every layer, they're letting go of a different type of thing and trusting in a different type of way. And that can be really hard. Yeah, I totally feel that. I can remember telling my first coach, oh, no, no, I don't want a team. I just want it to be me. And as I think back, I think the fear for me, it, it was that like lack of ability to see that it could be something bigger than just a one person consultancy. But I also think it was the fear of, well, I don't know how to manage people. I don't, I don't really see myself as people managing and having to worry about people's problems. And I just, you know, I think I had a very antiquated view of what a boss would do. And I hear a lot of women say that, like, oh, I don't, I don't, I've even had women say, I don't want to be a boss because I had so many bad bosses. Yes. Have you heard that too? Oh, yes. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. I think it's an, it's an interesting position for individuals to be in. And it's, it can be really difficult to get out of your mind, to get out of your mindset. You know, no one starts a business to learn how to do, you know, business taxes or to learn how to give difficult feedback. No one, no, that's not the intention, right? You start a business because you want to solve a problem for a really specific group of people for your dream client. And, and that's the focus. That's the focus for a really long time until you get to the place where you do have to do your taxes and you do have to have difficult conversations with a team you have to recruit and all of these other skill sets. And so what's amazing about having a really clearly defined culture to kind of bring it back to, to culture and values is I think of these, you know, having really clearly defined values that you have, have identified and woven in to your processes, your involvement with your team, even your interactions with your clients or customers as a base level understanding of alignment. You don't have to worry as much because you know that even though they didn't start the business, they don't, they're not, they don't have the same kind of passion. You are aligned on the way that you function and the values that you hold. And so there's a, an ongoing trust and understanding because you don't have to, you don't have to talk that out. It's clear. Yeah. It's there. It's written. Yeah. I love that. And this actually, this is a nice segue into, I asked you to think about sort of three core tips yeah. that you could offer entrepreneurs who were say either at the beginning or middle of their growth journey mm -hmm. and they're doing some of this hiring or they're starting to think about hiring. They want to develop a great and healthy company culture. 
but they have no clue how. So let's, let's go through the, the three tips. What's your, let's start with number one. So number one is involvement. So making sure that the right people are involved in the process. If you're a company of one, that could mean just you. That could mean you and a couple of clients that you've had a really great experience with gathering feedback on what it's like to work with you and what you're provide, what they rely on you for. What are their kind of innate understanding? If you have a team, four, five, 10, 20, survey them, get somebody, you know, an outside service or a consultant like me to do a anonymous survey, get their feedback on what their understanding of the understood expectations of the priorities of the way that you work together as a team. And then really ensuring that what you come out with is actually accurate. Because the worst thing that you can do is throw some pieces, some words on a piece of paper and throw them on your website and, you know, have no real connection to the work that you do or your intention as a leader or your intention as a provider. It has to be accurate. So involving the right people and doing your kind of due diligence is my first tip. I like this idea a lot because as you say, if you've got two or three, even two or three contractors on your team, you already have a culture. Absolutely. Right. And so yeah. it's, it's about involving the people who are in this with you. And I think that was the difference for me. My first year or two, when I was bringing people on, it was very much just like, please, can you solve this problem for me? Let me give you this stuff to do. Right. And just please make sure it's done. And it was a very like passive and, you know, not very thoughtful approach, but I was in the weeds. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years later and I look at the team that we have and I look at the the fact that all of them are very invested in where this business is going. Mm -hmm. They treat my customers like they're their own customers. Truly, if something were to happen to me, I know that they would step in. I, I just I trust implicitly that the key members on our team are 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 taking it very seriously and they love and they and they'll tell me like they're here because they love what we do and they love our customers so much and that's i think something that i wouldn't have had had i stayed in that original mentality of just you know a solopreneur that's hiring help i really just shifted to this idea that no i'm building a team of people that can do this with me and as you say like that's when i think we started developing the right kind of culture. Again, this kind of happened by accident, as I'm sure it does for most people. But I really do love this idea of bringing, bringing your key people in to talk about these things and think about what matters to them. Yeah. Like how great would it be if we were working for someone and they asked our opinion on this stuff? Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what you want. I think as a leader, you want to be in the know. You want to know what's good, what's hard, and you want to fix those problems. And like, talking about having a team of independent contractors, that's a lot of people start out with independent contractors. And those are so such important relationships. They're such important relationships. And no matter who is doing the work for you, for your clients, for your business, they should have a base level understanding of how you function. And they should be on board with functioning in the same way. You know, you talk about your team and it's so very clear that every single person in your team has a passion for entrepreneurship every single one of them, right? And so you, whether you meant to or not, when you when you picked those people to join your team, you saw an entrepreneur. You saw somebody who wants to passionately support other entrepreneurs. And so that passion is the value that you're seeing that is working so well for your team, right? 
Do you know what's funny about that is that the few times that I can think of where we've had someone on the team that didn't work out, they had an employee mindset, not an entrepreneurial mindset. You're so right. You're so right about that. That's so funny. I love this idea of involvement. And I want to move to tip number two, because I feel like these things might be interrelated. What's tip number two? Tip number two is building it out with intention. So whatever you choose, whatever you discover as a value that you want to function within, ensuring that you are keeping that in your mind's eye and being really intentional about how you're integrating into your interactions and your daily choices. So what I don't mean is having your values written out and and having to feel like you need to mention it in every conversation with an employee or, you know, specifically talk through, okay, one of my values is strong communication. How am I going to do this in this way? That's not what I mean. What I mean is when there's a problem or when you're overwhelmed, looking at those and saying, when I look at this through the framework and I want to be intentional about thinking about my to-do list, thinking about how to have this hard conversation, thinking about how to deal with this client, look at your values and be really intentional about the way that you approach any situation through the lens of what is important, what is important to your company. And that can be lots of different things, right? That can be lots and lots of different things. So some companies are intentional in the sense that they have their rewards program based on demonstration of their values and contributions to <laughs> their their company culture. Others are, you know, they reward or high five each other at a all hands meeting once a week specific to those types of values. Other times it's just you saw somebody do something, you know, maybe your corporate value is creating an exceptional client experience and you saw somebody go way out of the way and just sending them, you know, a coffee card saying, thank you. I saw this. That's exactly what I would hope to see. And I still appreciate you doing that. That's enough. That's Mm -hmm. enough. I like that we're being intentional when we create, when we kind of uncover the values and we're also being intentional when we implement the values. Because I think a lot of people are good at sitting down and saying, okay, this is something that we do in Mamas and Co. in in the foundations course is that you're given the opportunity to sit down and really think about your values, which is great. But then they sit on a website or they sit on a sign and you maybe think about them once or twice a year. As you were talking, I actually pulled up my own company values for a while since I looked at them. And it's it's actually funny. I, I do feel like we live these every day because it's been kind of ingrained. But but what what I could be doing more of and what I think we all could be doing more of is celebrating the values in action. When we Absolutely. see someone displaying them, rewarding them, acknowledging them, calling it out and and helping other people see how they could be living the values as well, yeah. because that that's that creates that sense of belonging. Right. Yeah. Yes. A culture, a, a culture or values. They're not written. They're lived. They're they're lived and experienced. And so. You have to make sure whatever you're being intentional about, you are living it in whatever way makes sense. Mm, I love that so much. One of our values that was actually probably my first value, if I'm being truly honest, when I went out on my own, was we bake the fun in from day one. Ooh, I love that. And that came from my work with female entrepreneurs who were hustling, hustling, hustling. And then they hit this wall and usually it's around the one to two year mark where they sit up and go, wait a second, what I built is not what I, what I came here for. And I've lost that joy. And I, and they'll say things like, well, when I get to six figures, then I can take Fridays off Mm. or when I get to whatever, then I can reward my team. And I think it's got to be the other way around because if we're only working towards these moments in time where we get to feel joyful, 
you know, we're doing ourselves and our people a disservice. And also I will say not just team, but clients feel that too. Absolutely. Yeah. A, a really, really strong, clear, intentional culture has such an impact on your product or your client experience. It is really, truly dramatic because you create a space that's safe and comfortable and consistent for your team. And that makes them comfortable, happy and capable and comfortable, happy, capable employees do better work. Like that's right. Which means get this. I'm going to build on that and say, yeah. They, if they do better work, they, and they feel, they feel more that sense of belonging. They will stay longer, which means your turnover rate is not as high, which means that you're actually paying less. You're more profitable. So there, there is a direct line between company culture and how much money you could be making. Absolutely. Think about like, I think about also just the retention of organizational knowledge. It is so valuable. Like you think of, I think of Mama Zikon, I think of Camilla and you know, she knows everything, right? What would happen if she poof disappeared, right? Oh, don't all, even say that. All the <laughs> that that person has, there's no way that you can regain that in a quick and speedy environment. You are immediately at a loss that you cannot recover from for a while. So it's that kind of the value that I think about when I think about turnover and I think about employee engagement and I think about those kinds of things. It's so valuable. Well, that is why our, our whole team, we do capture our SOPs our standard operating procedures, because you do want to avoid that. And I do just want to give out a shout out to Camilla and Nicole, who are the backbone of my team and are phenomenal. phenomenal. And actually that, that, that brings me to another one of our values, which is teamwork. It's very important to me. I never want to hear someone on my team say, that's not my job. Mm. Right. We pitch, we catch, we, we jump in and support. And that's, and those two ladies, they're like sisters, you know, and that's, that's the case with everyone we plan to bring in is that I want people to feel like if they're having a tough day or they have to step away because their kid is sick, someone will be there to help. Not everything's going to fall apart. And so that's, that is one of our values is, is teamwork. I'm getting a little off topic because I just love, I just love talking to you, Kate. I can talk about this all day. Let's talk about tip number three. What is that? It's the hardest one. I'm not going to kind of beat around the bush. It's accountability. And I think this is one that a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with. And I would say basically every business and manager has had moments of struggle. When I say accountability, I mean, you know, the culture that you created, the kind of intention that you set needs to be a two-way street. You're not a perfect human being. No one is, right? Everyone has days, like you said, where they can't be their best self. And so I think when we think about, when I kind of talk about accountability from the standpoint of upholding your corporate values, your kind of company culture, it's allowing for that to be a two-way street and allowing for your team, your most junior staff member to hold you accountable to the statement that you made as a priority. If you have stated that transparency is one of your company culture's values and you do your best to integrate it into all of your things and an employee says, why don't we have, you know, compensation transparency? Like, why can't I know what my kind of possible income is, right? You should have an answer. You should have a really clearly defined answer. And, you know, they're calling you out on not being transparent in a way that they would have expected. And I think making a safe space and processes and, and putting processes in place for people to comfortably raise concerns 
so that you can kind of maintain and protect those company values is going to be imperative to them lasting and then actually having an impact. Because as soon as one employee brings up, oh, well, you're not upholding this value and they get either no answer or they get shut down, your values mean nothing. No one is going to bring forward issues anymore. No one is going to uphold the values in the same way. They might still have really good alignment. And so some of that might happen naturally, but it, it just carries so much less weight if you can't put in place that psychological safety net for people to raise concerns and just ask for answers. It might not even be a problem that they're raising, but they should be able to have a conversation, right? Mm, this is so good. And I think you're right. This is, this would be the hardest one. Yeah. And not so much the creating systems for accountability. I think for many of us, it's receiving the feedback. Feedback's hard. Yeah. And, right? and making it safe for people to give feedback so that you get it because it's so important. Like we've all had that boss that didn't listen, that made you feel this big. I think, you know, no one wants to be that boss. At the same time, there's a reason you're the boss. There's a reason you started the company, right? There's a reason you act the way that you do and you do the things that you do. It doesn't necessarily mean that this person's experience should be invalid. Taking yourself and your own kind of personal experience out of an equation and trying to empathize. And that's what I kind of talk about wanting to work with empathetic leaders or leading through empathy. It really is trying to take things out of your sphere of control. I think this is a, this is an interesting area too, because I think this also is an evolution. Yeah. Something that most of us are not good at is taking ourselves out of our business. And it's something that has to happen with time. As again, if, if we don't, we're going to hit a wall that we won't be able to surpass. And one of the things that I often pose, and I probably even said this to you, Caitlin, is there comes a point where your decisions are based on what's best for the business and not what's best on you, the person. Yep. And that is a really challenging for people because it takes, it takes a self-awareness that most of us don't want to have. Yeah. It takes a, it takes, honestly, I'm just going to say we have to set our egos aside and say, am I doing something that because it feels good for me in the moment? Or is it really what's best for my business? And a lot of times at this stage, when we're talking about teams with multiple people, those two things are very different, right? Yeah. And I think when you, when you are, are faced with those decisions, what an amazing thing to have, to have this list of values that you can reference and, and look to for your goals and your vision and your mission for your company. And just making sure whatever decision you make aligns with those. And is best for both the company and, you know, to the best of your ability yourself. I think it's really, really, really hard to do. And honestly, it just takes practice. It just takes practice. It's funny. You're talking about this, you know, making decisions about what's best for the business. And I'm curious, since you did do A Players about a year ago now, yeah, you're in a very different place than you were before that. What were some of the decisions that you made, maybe as a result of A Players or, you know, coming out of that program? Yeah. that have helped you create this powerful business of your own? I mean, I will say the best decision I ever made was doing A-players. I think I saw two or three of your Instagram reels and was like, she's a delight. I need to work with this woman. And then we had one call and I was sold. So A-players was a game changer for me for a couple of reasons. One, I I had never really worked on my business, right? And, and 
I hadn't sat down and done my mission. I hadn't figured out my dream client. And I, and I knew in my head what it was. I knew why I left the corporate world. But to spend the time to be like, we've talked about this throughout this conversation, but to be really intentional about a lot of internal processes within my company was amazing. It was money, time, well spent. The other big, big thing that came out of A Players was this like team of women, right? We, we bought it. We still talk constantly. We still like, I got on a call with them a couple of days ago just to chat out a presentation I have. I talk through, we talk through struggles. We edit each other's things and we all brought something different to the table. And, you know, along with that, coupled with your amazing expertise and having access to your brain uh, and just the kind of experience that you have changed the way that I approached a lot of things. I had never set a financial goal for myself. That was something that we did together. I have reached my financial goal. So feeling very, very pleased about that. Never thought I'd reach it. You told me to double it in our call. So thanks for that. Yeah, I think it really allowed me to dream big. A players allowed me to dream big. I would not have the business I have today without A players, hands down. Oh, I love that so much. And when you were, when you were just starting out, you were sort of the doer of all the things. And to hear now that you're building your own team, you're developing your own culture, you're, you're scaling and you're living the life that you are helping other people live as well, which I just think is so beautiful. And I can remember, I think I can remember distinctly whether it was a Voxer or a conversation that we, we had. There was a customer that you had that just wasn't really valuing what you brought to the table. Yeah. And, and, and they were sort of treating you like, Oh, here, just go and do this stuff. Like what we were talking about earlier. And there was a moment for you where you said, no, I'm building something different. And I'm, my dream client is different than this. And I'm meant for more than this. And that to me was just like, that was like a moment, but it was a shift in you where you became something very different. Do you remember that? I do. I, I think we had two or three conversations that altered the course. I think that was one of them. I had another conversation where I got a job offer. I got a full-time in-house job offer and I called you and I said, I don't know what to do. You know, I've got three kids. They were in the pandemic. I, that's right. Well, this feels like it's silly to say no to. And you were like, I support you no matter what. At the same time, there's a reason that you're doing what you're doing. And I think you should really think about why you want, why this is appealing to you. I didn't take the job. And had I taken that job, I would not be here. I would not be doing what what I do. I would not get to work with the amazing clients that I have. And like that was really, really life-changing to have your support either way, but also knowing that you're right. I I did I came here for a reason. I I joined this group with unintention. This does not align with that intention. Why is it even on my radar? Right. And so, yeah, it's a scary place to be. And A players came at the perfect time for me. And I think, you know, if, if this conversation is resonating with any of your listeners, all I would say is, you know, join mamas and co join, you know, join A players, see, see what can happen because it can be so magical. Oh, you're the sweetest person. I'm so grateful for you to say that. I remember that moment. And I also think that when you're, I think I said this to you because I say a lot of the women that I coach get job offers. Yeah. It's because when you're very good at what you do, the universe, the universe will respond, but it's going to put something in front of you that's going to test you. 
Yeah. And it's going to force you to make a decision because, you know, sometimes we need that to know, no, actually, I want to be my own boss or no, actually, I like being an employee. I like the security that feels good to me right now. There is always, I also, I will also say there's also a, a time and place for everyone to make that leap. And I think you, you needed to hear yourself say, no, I'm in this for the long haul. And this is, this is what I came here to do. And you're doing it. You're friggin' doing it. You're living exactly. I bet if you went back and look at those 90 day goals and your five year vision from that day, I bet you would see that you're living exactly what you wanted to be living right now. I would say I'm on course. And I would say that I'm the most surprised person about that. My husband's not surprised. I don't think you're super surprised. I am surprised. I was, when I set those intentions, when I wrote those things down, I thought, you know, why not dream lofty? Whatever. Land says I should. I'm just going to dream lofty. And I didn't really think it was possible. So I'm very, I'm, I, about a couple of, a couple months ago, I wrote you an email. A couple of months ago, I had a moment where I was like, I am really proud of myself. I am really proud of myself. I did not think that I would get to the point where I felt like I could just say, I am a successful entrepreneur. And I did it. You did it, girl. And what's great is you're helping other people do it too. You're helping well, other people. I love. I guess just the things I love with people that align with me, right? What a dream. What a dream. And what a beautiful full circle moment for me as your coach. And to be sitting here with you talking about culture as an expert, I just love that. And I love everything that you're doing to help entrepreneurs growing and, and scaling businesses to really understand the people side of their business. So where can people find out more about you? Thank you. My website is the best spot. You can book a discovery call. So it's www.supportpanda.ca. I love my website. Make sure you check out my, you know, about me and my values. And if they resonate with you, I would love to chat. I love this. And if you are growing, if you're listening to this and your business is growing rapidly and you have a team and you can see that there is massive potential, you would be a fool not to book a conversation with Caitlin. I'm just going to end it at that. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all that you do. I'm so grateful for you. And I cannot wait to see where you go from here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Business of Thinking Big. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes, which will help more people like you find the show. And of course, you can learn more at leannekim.com. 